Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Praise the Lord. It is wonderful to be here, as I said. Pastor and his family are taking just a brief respite up to their property in Crandon, spending some time together up there, and uh, much deserved and much needed. He has been running and running and running and running, and I know because I'm here every day, and I'm trying to keep up with him. (laughs) And uh, he's had a lot going and a lot doing, and uh, was looking forward to just a couple of days away with his family. So you're stuck with me, and uh, I appreciate you being here this morning. Uh, and it's Memorial Day, and it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to greet you and, and uh, minister for the Lord today. I'd like to open up to um, the book of 1 John, chapter 5. Many of you are familiar with these scriptures. 1 John, chapter 5. First John, chapter 5, starting at verse 7. It says, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. Thank you. You can be seated this morning. We are experiencing a wonderful, beautiful Memorial Day weekend and I would be remiss and absolutely would not stand here today if I wouldn't first acknowledge those that are in our congregation that have served in our armed forces. And if, if there are any here today that I don't know, if you've served in our armed forces in the military for the United States, could you wave a hand or stand up this morning? We thank you for your service this morning. We certainly don't take that lightly, and that is a very deeply heartfelt thank you. And, uh, and I, I think that uh, sometimes we do kind of forget uh, when, they're, when they're all back home, and thank, thankfully, and thank goodness, I think all of our uh, recently serving soldiers are back home. I don't think we had any infield at this moment, but uh, it is important to honor those that have served. It's important to remember. You know, we stand in a church that... that, that experiences freedom. We have the freedom and the liberty to stand here today because of the sacrifice that was made there, but it was preserved by the sacrifice that was made out here by the folks that you just clapped for. So, and we continue to realize that. And you know, I've, I've often heard sometimes people quandary and they wonder, and I, and I don't take any offense by it, and I don't, I, I don't think it's, you know, rank ignorance, but sometimes people say, well, how, did, how, does it, how does it preserve our freedom? How can you say they fought for our freedom when they're off in some foreign land somewhere and they're just doing the job of the military or the government? But that's not correct. It's not correct to think that way. Every soldier in every field and every place they are in the United States of America is preserving our freedom. And I'll explain to you why and I'll explain to you how because there are people, there are despots, and there are barbarians in this world still today, third world men and even women that had they had the, if they had their way would conquer and kill and destroy today, just as, they, just as Genghis Khan did 
500 years ago, just as uh, Hitler tried to do back in the 1930s and 40s, there are unfortunately leaders and dictators in this world today that would advance. And so the very presence of our military, our soldiers who are sacrificing their time and their families and their lives in many cases are out there defending that freedom because they're standing a post and they're saying, this far and no further, and you will not advance. And therefore, I can stand here today and I can say, thank you, Jesus. I worship Jesus. I stand for Jesus because of those sacrifices that were made. So on Memorial Day, it does mean something to us. As Christians, it should mean something even greater and deeper because we have two tremendous memorials in the cross that stands behind me and in the service that stands before me, and I appreciate that, and I thank you so much. You know, I also hear something in the radio, and you've probably heard radio or commentary. People say things like, well, how does it honor our soldiers because, what, we get a day off on Monday and we have a picnic and we horse around with our family? And I say, and they say that negatively as though we just blew off Memorial Day. We don't care about Memorial Day. We just want the day off. I say no. I say that's incorrect as well. Because when I and my family gather together and we enjoy that time together and that freedom and that liberty, once again, that is a memorial to the service of the men and women who've given their lives and their time and their service to this country. And so, yes, we do acknowledge and we do thank them. And it is in our hearts and our minds that we are experiencing and taking advantage of that very freedom that they've provided. And yes, we have our picnics and we have our fun, but don't walk out of here today and hear that commentary on the radio and tomorrow when you're at your picnic go, oh, we should be so ashamed. We're here with our family enjoying all this freedom and liberty and fun and, and barbecue and we're just not honoring Memorial Day. That's incorrect. And truthfully, there's memorials all around us to experience every day of the week. This, this country, I, there's literally thousands and thousands and thousands of, of memorials to those that are given their time and their service all over the United States and, in fact, all over the world. And so today, this morning, I want to talk to you about a memorial to the living. I'm going to title it that, A Memorial to the Living. You see, United States, of course, in just about every community, you can go over to Akachi and you can see, a, a, I think it's a missile, some sort of a projectile on, a, on an apparatus over there, and that's a war memorial. And all over the United States, in every community, there's memorials, but they are memorials to the dead, right? Uh, and, 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 so, and rightfully so. We memorialize those that have, because that is the greatest sacrifice. That is the ultimate sacrifice to have given your life in service. This memorial we have hanging on the wall is a memorial to the dead, but it's a memorial to the living as well. And so throughout the United States, and I, I just did a little bit of research and wanted to share with you because it, it was pretty neat as I was going through and I thought, wow, I didn't realize the breadth of the memorials that we have. And people love memorials because they do love to have that emotional connection and that, and that special experience. If, you, if you've been to the Vietnam War Memorial in the, in the Great Wall in Washington, D.C., has anyone here attended that? Have you, has anyone been to that? that I have not, and, and I really want to because I have to believe that would be a tremendously emotional experience to stand there at that wall. I've seen video and pictures of, of men who serve side by side with the men who appear on that wall, and they stand there and they touch it 
where the name is by that soldier or maybe the family member who sacrificed their life, who died in service, and what a tremendously emotional and powerful experience that must be, that memorial to those that have died. Um, Arlington National Cemetery is probably one of the most famous memorials. You've seen the pictures, the, the many, many tombstones, uh, the white tombstones perfectly crafted and shaped and in perfect lines, absolutely wonderful. The, do some research sometime on the care and the, the process that goes into just taking care of the Arlington National Cemetery. It is extraordinary. The Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, if you've ever seen that, if you've ever been there, I've watched the video on YouTube, and it's moving just watching it through my computer screen. And to know the story behind what those men go through, the honor that it is that they can stand there on that post and listen to the stories of the ones that were there during hurricanes and blizzards and rainstorms, the ones that were standing there at the tomb when 9-11 was happening and other great events that were going on in our nation and walked that post exactly in precision exactness, honoring every soldier that's ever fallen for the United States of America, both home and abroad. It's amazing. The uh, Korean War Veterans National Memorial, if you've never seen that, it's really moving as well. It's a, it's a series of full-sized statues, essentially, of Korean soldiers walking through a field of battle. And to see their faces and, and the way they've been memorialized in those sculptures, is, it's, it's very, very moving. We have the World War II Memorial. We have the USS Arizona that's submerged underwater in Hawaii. And from aerial photos, you can actually see the entire body of the ship and to know that there's a thousand sailors entombed underwater and that you can go there. There's a little memorial there you can go and you can visit and you can stand there and, and uh, see the top of the ship. You can see portions of it sticking out of the water and it's tremendous. There is a uh, Marine Corps War Memorial that was established in 1775. The National World War II Museum um, one of my favorites, and I actually got to stand on it, was amazing, was the USS Constitution, which is uh, uh, moored in uh, Boston. Uh, it was commissioned in 1797, and it is one of the most significant reminders of American military history, a three-masted frigate that went through a lot of very, very uh, tr intense battles, close-quartered battles with other ships, and it was nicknamed Old Ironsides, because they had, built it, they had built it in such layers of oak uh, that they said that the cannonballs would literally bounce off the side of old Ironsides. And so I got to stand on the deck of the USS Constitution and imagine what it was like to have served on that ship and stood on that ship when just across the bow was another ship, an enemy ship, firing cannonballs and soldiers shooting muskets. It was very moving. And so... And oftentimes I think we do that. I think when we stand at those memorials and we, we, we think about these soldiers that have given their lives, is it not difficult not to imagine what it would have been like if we had been there? And to say to ourselves, my goodness, how, how would I have handled that? What would have been like? What if I had been there? And for those of you who have served, you know what I'm talking about because you were there. And uh, it's, an, it's emotionally moving and it, 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 it touches us as we memorialize the dead. And you know, this book right here that I just read from, 
is jam-packed full of memorials. Did you know that? God and his people are people of memorials. But they're memorials for the living. And that's the difference, and I'll explain. In the Bible, they memorialize through ceremonies, feast days, uh, special remembrances, customs, the way they, they dress. And a lot of times, memorials are altars. When Noah stepped out of the, the ark and recognized that he was on dry ground, the first thing that he did is he built an altar to the Lord. The memorial for what God had brought him through but, as we all know, an altar is a place of worship. And so I believe, and the Bible does not say significantly, but I believe that Noah probably frequented that place and worshiped the Lord at that altar as a memorial to what God had done for him. Joshua, the well-known story in Joshua, crossing the River Jordan. And I always thought this was interesting. Many of you know that Jordan, uh, excuse me, Joshua, when he crossed the River Jordan, instructed his men to go back into the river and halfway across the river, take 12 stones, acknowledging the 12 tribes, and build a memorial in the center of the river, right? Now, I've heard preachers say that the reason that Joshua did that is because he wanted to recognize that he praised and he worshiped and he memorialized what God was doing, even in the middle of the struggle, not just at the end when God saves us and gets us through the problem, but when we're in the middle of the struggle, right? How many believe that when you're going through the struggle, you should still worship the Lord? You should still memorialize the Lord, right? Amen. But I also believe this, and as I was studying that, I thought, why halfway? It can't just be because we have to worship. We have to worship all the way through the struggle. When the struggle starts, and God, and we, rec we recognize that we're going through something, go to God Im immediately. Worship God. So why didn't they build a stack of stones on the first side of the river and then in the middle and then on the other side? And then I thought to myself, and it seemed logical to me, that what God was saying and what Joshua was saying was he was leaving that memorial behind for those that were to follow him across the river, right? What was it that Joshua was crossing the river to? Promised land, exactly, right? Our figure for salvation, our figure for paradise, our figure for heaven. We're crossing the Jordan right now. And so in our walk with God, right? And sometimes the river's tumultuous and sometimes the river's smooth and sometimes it's pretty stormy and rocky and it's difficult. But that's a figure for us to understand that, that Joshua was, was making his way to paradise, God had opened that way, but it wasn't just always easy and smooth sailing. And so Joshua built that memorial, and I believe he built it halfway across the river because it was his message to those that were following behind him, you're halfway there. Don't give up. You ever hear that old joke about the guy who started swimming across Lake Michigan and got tired about halfway, decided to turn around and go back? <laughs> Everybody thank Brother Matson for that when you see him later. But the point being is, is that it was Joshua's message that you're halfway there. If you've made it to this pile of rocks, if you've made it to this memorial, you're almost there. It's the point of no return. You can't go back. Right? Folks, if you're in the house today, if you're striving to serve the Lord every single day, if you're here today, 
you're halfway there. Do you understand? You're halfway there. There's no going back. You don't have to go back. It's just as tough to go back now as it is to go forward. Stay in the river. Stay in the game. That's what Joshua's memorial was, in my opinion. I'm not, I'm not interpreting scripture. I'm giving you my opinion. You're halfway there. That's a memorial for you to say, if you've made it this far, you're at the first memorial. You're at the pile of stones. Keep serving God. Keep looking for what he's got. Keep trudging your way across the river, and you'll find your way to paradise. There are other examples, of course, as a matter of fact, just to bring to remembrance some. How about the rainbow? When God promised that he would never flood the world again, he provided the rainbow as a sign to Noah. That was his commitment. That was his memorial to Noah every time he sees the rainbow. And I can't help it from the time I was a little kid when I learned that Bible story. And every time I see a rainbow, to think that's a covenant of the Lord. That's a remembrance. He will not destroy the world by water again. And that he saved eight people by water and brought us this opportunity. The Passover is a memorial, of course. We memorialize the uh, Jews escaping from Egypt and getting away from Pharaoh. The brazen censers in the, uh, the tabernacle, if you've ever studied the tabernacle, they took those brazen censers, the things that Korah made. And when Korah, remember when Korah defied God and, and Moses was in the mountain receiving the law from God and Korah gathered up all these people and he said, Moses is lost. We don't know what's going on. He's, he's, not, he's not worth it. Let's worship a calf. Let's get this all together. And all the people brought their gold and their jewelry and all these different things. And, and they fashioned a golden calf and began worshiping it, right? Do you know that the Jews were instructed by Aaron's son, Eleazar, to take that, those those special uh, implements that Korah fashioned and had them beaten down and covered on the brazen altar in the tabernacle and made it reflective. And the reason was is that when they would enter the tabernacle and see that first altar, right, that memorial, the place where the sacrifice is done, they would see their own faces. And it would remind them of who they are. And it would remind them of their imperfection. And it would remind them of Korah's rebellion against God. The Sabbath day is, of course, a memorial. The Ark of the Covenant itself, containing the manna from heaven, is a memorial. Recognizing that God was provision for the Jews as they traveled through the, the uh, wilderness and provided them sustenance. The, uh, if you've uh, read Esther, you know that the uh, Feast of Purim is a Jewish holiday celebrated uh, to recognize the deliverance from Haman as he attempted to try to massacre all of the Jews at that time. Uh, and God used Mordecai and Esther in order to thwart that with God's help. And Haman ended up being the one that was executed. The Feast of Tabernacles is another example uh, as a memorial. And the Lord's Supper or the communion that we take every year is a memorial. And there are many, many others. And, and I've gone through several different examples. But the point being is that the, memorial, the memorials that we have, the memorials that God provide, are the memorials for the living. They're for us every single day to remember his sacrifices and what he did for us and where we need to go. See, the memorials for the dead that we visit and we are so emotionally attached to 
are wonderful and it's good to remember. And they are the memorials for the living soldiers as well, don't get me wrong. We need to re recognize that there are men and women, even in this congregation, who gave of their time and potentially risked their lives in the service of this nation, and that's a memorial for them as well. But those memorials are for the dead, and, and some of those situations, if you read through World War II history, some of the situations that are memorialized are when soldiers went into a situation not having any idea that what they were running into. Do you think that if General Custer had had a living memorial of what was going to happen at Little Bighorn, that maybe he would have changed his plans? But see, there is a memorial for the soldiers that gave their lives, that lost their lives at Little Bighorn. But it's a little too late for them, isn't it? And there are many other memorials that are like that, that, that memorialize events that happened in wars for the United States that were tragic events, tragic situations. Soldiers that flew uh, squadrons of planes into a situation, ran into terrible weather and all the planes crashed, or uh, the mission went too far, they ran out of gas, or they were ambushed, or communications were intercepted and people knew, what the, the enemy knew that they were coming. And if you could just go back in time, past that memorial, go through that memorial and say, stop, stop, don't do this, don't go here, it's going to be the end of you. We would do that. We would want to do that. And what I'm saying today is that this memorial is doing exactly that. See, God saw the end from the beginning, and he knows. He knows the end of those that, are, that will not serve. He's calling as many as he can to serve, but he's giving us living memorials to recognize we need to continue to serve, and we need to continue to put the call out to those who need to serve. Because those people who died in those tragic incidents and are memorialized, they were serving. And they gave the ultimate sacrifice. And we can't bring them back. But we can put out the call. We can provide a living memorial to the people who need to hear the word. And I know that this church is feeling the, the, the restlessness of wanting to do more. We're a mature church. We've come so far. We have many wonderful things, awesome ministries, uh, just a terrific congregation willing to work and do and sacrifice. And I know I can feel it. I've talked to so many that are ready. I want to do something. I want to be a part of it. So for example, I talked to pastor the other day and I said, you know, this Monday night Bible study teaching thing I'm doing, I've been helping some folks learn better ways to teach my Bible studies and give ideas, some experiences that I've learned, things that I've gleaned from my pastor and others that I've mentored with, but I'm changing that. It's no longer going to be Bible study class. It's going to be outreach class. My office is going to be outreach headquarters for Abundant Life Church. And I'm going to dedicate a, part, a good portion of my ministry to finding ways that we can outreach from this church. Thank you, Lord. Because I want to be a memorial. I want to be that living memorial to those that need us out there. And they are there every day. I, sometimes, folks, I walk into, I, I like to go to Admirals games with the youth. We take them out at least once a year. We go to Brewers games. But I can't tell you how many times it struck me, and you guys have been there, when you walk out, of that walkway to go to your seat. You know, you're in the back tunnel and you have to walk up that ramp area and you step out onto that, onto that platform where your seat is and you can look around and you see thousands and thousands and thousands of people all around you. I can't help it, folks, but I look around and I can't help but to say, how many of these people know Jesus? How many of these people need the Lord in their lives. 
I can't, I, I'm nobody special. I'm nothing bigger than any person else out there. It just hits me that way. I don't know why. But it's moving sometimes. And I go and I sit down and I just think about that. And God, help us. How can we help them? How can we reach them? And the way to do that is to begin to get into a mindset as a church of outreach. We need to say the word more. We need to be about it. We need to think about it, talk about it, be about it. Am I suggesting we all get up and go knock on doors? I don't know if that's the way. I don't know if that's the effective way anymore. People are so jaded against people knocking on doors and things that have happened. There's so many religions and groups out there that do that door knocking thing and they don't say the right things or they scare people. You know, that, I don't even know if that method works anymore. I'm trying out social media. All of this stuff that I'm doing with the sale at the end of this week, I've been pumping on social media and I'm getting likes and response and people are sharing our church information. All this stuff is happening. I've reached over 7,000, no, 8,000 people as of yesterday and tons of names are popping up on this thing that I've never seen before. And that's exciting to me. Now, obviously they're responding to the information about the sale, but, but if I can just talk with them or if they ask a question, God forbid a hungry person would come to our rummage sale to buy something from the rummage and say, well, what is this church all about? And I'm not ready to outreach to them and say, well, hey, let me tell you, what's your experience? And get to know them. Who knows what God can do? But if we're making the effort, if we're doing things, I put it out on Craigslist. I'm, I'm getting responses to that. We're doing things in the hallway with this communication board. There's other things that we can do. And all of you have great ideas and terrific minds and understanding and know what you can contribute. If we just get the mindset, we need to be a living memorial. People are walking into a trap. They're walking into an ambush. They're going to run out of gas. They're going to fall to an ambush. See, the enemy was wired ahead. They caught the communications. They know what's going on. See, the enemy's got the scoop on those people who don't know the Lord. And he's ready for when they step into that trap. But we can be a living memorial and we can head that off. We can go through that monument and we could say, wait, wait, stop. Don't go any further. I've got another plan. Here's another route. Here's something else you can do. Here's a different way you can take your life. I'm going to go back to 1 John chapter 5. I'm going to start at verse 1. <clears throat> First John chapter 5, starting at verse 1, says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, and we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. We have what it takes to overcome the enemy, to be victorious in the battle. We've got to give it to them that don't know. Amen. We've got to give it to them that don't know. Verse 5 says, Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Now this verse 
It says there are three that bear record in heaven, and they are one, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And you remember, this is John writing this. And John, in the book of John, chapter 1, if you remember, in the, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That word, Word, translates as logos, or plan, idea. Jesus was God's plan to manifest himself to be the savior of this world from the very beginning. In the beginning, God was with the word and was the word, the plan. And so in John, the same word is used in verse 7, the father, the word, the logos, the plan, and the Holy Ghost. They're one together, right? And it says in verse 8, and there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. Okay, these are the requirements. These are the things that bear witness and bear record. God, the Word, and the Holy Ghost bear the record. The Word, the Spirit, and the blood bear witness. But here's the question, folks. Bear witness to what? What are they bearing record to? Our salvation, the plan, the end. The living memorial, that's your living memorial right there. They are bearing record and witness to what is required to make it all the way, to make it to the salvation, to the promised land, to Joshua's other side of the river. There are three that bear record, and these three are one, and there are three that bear witness here on earth. This is the plan. This is what we can share them. This is the living memorial. It goes on to say, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And there it is. That's our living memorial. It's very simple. He said, here's the plan. They're bearing record in heaven of the witness that they have on earth. Your water baptism, your repentance, your receiving of the Holy Ghost, those three together is one. And that's the memorial that we can share. In Jesus' name, let's stand this morning. Lord, we're very thankful again for this wonderful day that you provided us. We're thankful, God, for the sacrifice that you made for us on Calvary and in turn the many sacrifices made by the soldiers, the men and women who've provided our freedom and kept it. You have blessed this nation mightily, Lord God. We have the freedom and liberty to stand in your house and, ex- and feel your presence and the many blessings that you provide. Lord, I pray for each one that's in this house today, Lord God, that you would bless them mightily. Build a fire within us, Lord God. Lord, help us to focus on the outreach, sharing the memorial, sharing what we need with our community, Lord God, to bring those that need you. Watch over and guide. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.